Welcome to Fuel for Today, curated audio content from Pastor Bogdan Kipko. We are confident this will fuel your faith in the one who gives faith. If you have breath in your lungs, God has a plan for your life, a plan that is far better, bigger, and immensely more than anything you have ever imagined. Your in my life is very much like a, it's a very large field, okay? And as we go out into this field, we're plowing and we're working and we're, we're looking for this treasure. We're looking for God's blessing. And the thing about it is that we don't know exactly when it's going to come, but we know that it's there. And remember when David did the same thing, he said that I waited upon the Lord, right? It doesn't tell us how long he waited, but it did tell us that when he was waiting, he was patiently plowing the field, doing the work that God has called him to do. And that's what I want to call every single one of us to do that. And the only way that you and I are going to experience maximal blessings in our life, joy, contentment, uh, pleasure from life, is if we do things God's way. And the way you do things God's way is you go into the pathway over God will bless you. If you want to, um, if you're if you're shopping and you're looking for something particular, you know where it's sold. That's why you go there and you get it. There's certain places that are known to have certain things. It's very much similar with God. If you want His blessing, you do things His way. And the way to do things his way is to go into that pathway where God is. And we talked about four things. And I want us to have these things as like habits for our life. I kind of want to use this as an intro for what we're going to get into today. So the four things that I talked about, I think about a week ago, is number one, um, I talked about how we need to forgive quickly, right? So we're in this field. And we want to experience God's blessing and forgiving quickly, just as Jesus Christ forgave us. This will do, um, this will revolutionize your relationships, your marriages, um, your future marriages, or just friendships with people. Just forgiving quickly, um, just doing that one thing, we're going to experience God's blessing. So we talked about forgiving quickly. Second thing we talked about is to be generous frequently, right? We talked about that nothing we have is ours in the first place. Our time, talent, money, resources, everything is God's. So. We shouldn't hold tightly to it. So 2015, I challenge you guys, I challenge myself to be the year where we're the most generous that we ever were. We're generous with our time, with our talent, with our funds, everything that we have, we give it to God. And Malachi 3.10 talks about, why don't you test God and see that he's going to open up the, the, the heavens with a blessing and so much blessing that you can't even handle it. I don't know about you, but I want that kind of a blessing. I want so much blessing in my life that I'm like, hey, I don't even know what to do with this. And the great thing about generosity, when you practice generosity frequently, and when God blesses you, you're able to be more generous more frequently with the people in your life. Remember, we talked about the gross and net principle, right? Be generous with, with your gross. With, um, the, 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 and the, so the first thing we talked about is forgiving quickly. The second thing is be generous frequently. The third thing I said is believe audaciously. It's faith that scares people. I don't know what you're facing right now. I don't know what 2015 has for you. Maybe it's picking a college, getting a new career, uh, a, a, a relationship, figuring out maybe interrelational uh, conflicts you're having, or just kind of figuring out what in the world am I going to do with my life? How am I going to make an impact? I want you this year to believe audaciously. 
believe that God will do greater things than you've ever imagined, and you believe him, and you take steps of faith, and I believe that this year is going to be a year where many of us are going to be challenged to take steps of faith and to go into the unknown, but I want us to understand that even Jesus himself said that blessed are those that do not see yet believe. Let us not be like doubting Thomas who said, I'm not sure, Jesus, this is you. Let me see all your scars and then I'll believe. Let us be people who say, God, it doesn't make complete sense, but I know that you're part of it. So we forgive quickly. We're generous frequently. We believe audaciously. And number four, which one, uh, what I want to focus on today is we make progress daily. We make progress daily. We think about our Christian life and we think about are we forgiving people? Are we being generous? Are we believing audaciously? I want us to take an inventory of our life. Every time you guys go to sleep um, at night, think about the inventory. What progress have you made? Are you, are you closer to Christ today than you were yesterday? And 2015, brand new year, a lot of people make resolutions, okay? And I, and I don't knock anyone about making resolutions. I think resolutions are great. I think there's a couple faults within them, okay? So, I consider myself to be a pretty ambitious person, and probably three, four years ago, I was just, I loved making resolutions, okay? So what I used to do, two weeks before the new year began, I would take out a piece of paper or my laptop, and I would write six categories, okay? Six categories that I wanted to resolve to do something better in. And then, at, when I wrote out those six categories, I had ten sub-points under each category, okay? So basically, I was setting myself up for failure. And my, my goals were great, my goals were ambitious, but the problem is I had too many goals. I wanted to do too many things. And as the weeks progressed, week one, week two, week three, I began to realize, oh wow, I'm not getting to these goals as quick as I should. And what quickly sets in? Disappointment, devastation, frustration, right? So as I grew in the years and hopefully matured, um, basically I stopped making resolutions and I just made and I tried to develop good habits. And that's what I want us to think about today. Instead of making resolutions, which is not a bad thing, if you've done them, God bless you, Godspeed, hopefully you're amazing. But I think habits are better because habits, when you form them, you don't have to remind yourself of doing that. So certain habits that are great is going to church, reading your Bible, praying for other people, sharing your faith, being an audacious Christian, being generous frequently, forgiving often, believing audaciously, making progress daily. Those are all habits that you and I form. But... Remember the field analogy. It's not going to be easy. It's sometimes going to take a very long time for us to develop these habits, but it's completely worth it because Jesus is worth it. So what I want us to talk about today as we begin this new year is I want to talk about prayer, okay? And I want you guys to open with me to James chapter 5, verse 16. So towards the end of the New Testament, right after Hebrews, James chapter 5, verse 16. And there's a very short verse here that I want to read and I want to focus on today because the entire month of January in our church, we're going to be focusing on prayer. We're going to be focusing on our relationship with Christ and how it can be um, just on fire and how we can um, set ourselves correctly up for 2015. And we're actually going to have a capstone event at the end of January, which I'll tell you more about later, which is going to be a worship and prayer night, which will kind of like conclude our, our sermon series on prayer. So j turn with me to James chapter 5, verse 16. And today I want to talk about how to have a powerful and effective prayer life. And here's what the Bible says. I'm reading from the New International Version. This is what the Word of God says. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. 
The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Now, I don't know about you, but I want my prayer to be powerful and effective. I want my prayer to be heard by God. I want my prayers not to reach the ceiling, and pretty much that's where they're, that's where they're stuck. And very often, the reason that we don't hear an instant response to our prayer or we're waiting very long is not necessarily because God is delaying. He might be delaying, but there might be things in our life that we're doing that we're basically putting a block towards that prayer to be answered. And what the Bible says is that the prayer of a righteous man or woman is effective and powerful. And notice the characteristic of the person that the Bible is describing of the people who pray and their prayers are effective and powerful. The Bible says that a righteous person, right? Right? And I want to talk about righteousness because I, I, we need to understand who we are before God and what God has done to you and to me for us uh, through Jesus Christ. And so if we, under, if we understand righteousness, we can understand how to be prayer warriors, how to have an effective prayer life. So here's what happens. In another passage, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5, it says this, Because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. So what you and I need to understand is that you and I were born sinners, natural born sinners. There was nothing good in us. We were not lovable. We were not somebody that God was significantly pleased with. Because we were born in sin, and sin is in direct opposition to what God is all about because God is holy. So because we were born in sin, we needed a righteousness. And a righteousness means that somebody being right, somebody that is not guilty. So in order for you and for me to not be guilty before a holy God and we are sinners, is we needed righteousness that is not of our our own. We needed an advocate. We needed an attorney. We needed somebody that would come and plead our case to God and to say that these people are righteous. And so what God does is he orchestrates a plan of salvation. He sends his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, into earth. Jesus comes to earth. Jesus preaches his gospel, which is the good news, that he's going to be the savior of the world. Jesus goes to the cross. He sheds his blood and he has a broken body for you and for me. And Jesus himself said that if you believe in him, you will have everlasting life. So Jesus Christ is the one that takes upon himself God's judgment and gives us his righteousness. Do I still have you guys? Okay. So this is basically the plan of salvation. This is the very basic, simple gospel. God creates everything great. Uh, Humans completely mess it up by sinning. Jesus comes into the picture, offers a way of salvation, and now it's your turn and my turn to respond. And the thing about response or about repentance of your sin is that repentance is not a one-time event. It's a constant thing. It's this thing that we have to practice consistently. This is why when we read the first, um, when we read the passage from James, it says that the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. And it In the beginning of that verse, it says that confess your sins to one another so that you may be healed. There might be reasons why we're not experiencing a spiritual healing or a relational healing or a financial healing or even a psychological healing. There might be reasons for that because we have sins that we have not yet repented of. 
And I want us today to understand what our standing is in front of a righteous God. That God judged Jesus, not you and me, and we experience salvation. So when we ask God for forgiveness, or when we ask other people for forgiveness, we ask for it as though we have already been forgiven. There's nothing for us to fear. So I want to talk about um, how God saves us in Jesus Christ. And, we need, and, and here's the way that it works. Um, if I offend you, for example, you're the one from whom I need to ask forgiveness from. And you're the only one that holds the key to the forgiveness. You're the only one that can cancel my debt. Because if I offend you, I'm not going to go to your friend, your spouse, your husband or your wife or your dad or your mom to ask for forgiveness. Because my direct issue of offense is with the person that I offended. So I want us to understand the concept of judgment and the reason why, how God forgives you and me. Let's say that I come over to your house, okay, which is a very uh, thing that might actually happen. And I come over to your house and uh, we're around your dinner table and you have a bunch of very nice uh, cups out on the table. And in my zeal of telling you about how church is awesome and social media is great, I just have my hands flailing all over the place and I knock over one of your cups. Your cup just breaks, right? Shatters. It's one of your favorite cups. Now, what happens is you're a little bit upset, right? And you obviously, as the host, are going to do something, um, something about that, right? Now, if I ask you for forgiveness, I say, I'm so sorry I did that. And you say to me, you know what? No problem. I forgive you. And I say, awesome. I love this. You're, obviously, you go to a church where they preach about grace, and you're just extending grace all over the place. Now, as I grab my coat to, to leave your house, you hand me an invoice, and I ask, what's this? And you say, you know what, this is actually an invoice for the cup that you broke, so make sure you give me a check ASAP. Now, is that forgiveness? No, absolutely not. It's not forgiveness, because a canceled debt does not exist. You guys with me? A canceled debt does not exist. That's not forgiveness. Now, let's say that you don't give me an invoice, but you go to my wife and you say, you know what, Vika, you have to pay for this. Is that forgiveness? Absolutely not, because all you've done is transfer the debt to somebody else. The debt still exists, okay? And forgiveness means that you not only forgive me, but you don't demand anything from me. Forgiveness means that I apologize, I ask for forgiveness, you forgive me, and you do not demand anything from me. That is how a debt is canceled. That is what forgiveness is. Now, you might be listening and saying, this sounds really crazy. It is, but it's in the Bible. And this is the, the radical type of following of Jesus that you and I are called to. Thank you for listening to this curated audio content from Pastor Bogdan Kipko. We hope that you were encouraged and inspired by this message. Bogdan is personally convinced that whatever fills your mind fuels your life. It is his life goal to help you faithfully follow Jesus. For more information, please visit fuelforlife.tv.